Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. exciting week it was we had the nfl draft and wow what a surprise i walked in to the office right as the first pick was being made and i think we all know by now baker mayfield your 2018 first overall pick going to the cleveland browns will he be able to change the franchise i don't know i do not know um browns have been notorious for failing on quarterbacks it's been going on for as long as I've been watching football, and I think there are about 25 quarterbacks in. So we'll see if he'll change the flight path of quarterbacks and hopefully turn Cleveland into a winning football team. You can't lose much more than the Browns have done over the past two years. They've only won one game. But you know, in the meantime, splitting up the show again today, Roz couldn't be here for the first half, and I couldn't be here for the second half. So he's going to take the NFL draft and kind of recap that in full for you. He's also going to take NBA playoffs, which has been very exciting. Um, LeBron hitting a buzzer beater the other night, and that's about all I can say about the, about the NBA right now. So first half of the show, I think you know where I'm going with this. Going to cover baseball up and down the aisle with you. Um, got 30 MLB teams. We got 10% of the season in the books. We've had a lot of exciting stuff going on so far. Um, you know, you look at the Boston Red Sox, I think, Obviously, you know, the Sox were expected to be in the mix for a third straight AL East title, but they have definitely exceeded even those expectations in the early going. You know, at this point, I think they got they get the best record, the best run differential in all of baseball. They're absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. I think Hanley Ramirez has been a big part of their early season success. You look at Xander Bogarts going down with an injury, that hurts. But, you know, all the other guys around, Devers, Benatendi, um, even look at a guy like Mitch Moreland helping out. The Red Sox are really firing on all cylinders. And I, I didn't even mention Mookie Betts and Jackie Bradley Jr. Jr. David Price throwing some unbelievable baseball right now. Um, you know, I think a lot of people going into the season, I think he was a major question mark. I know the back end of that rotation, not really sure what you're going to get with guys like Eduardo Rodriguez, Drew Pomeranz coming off the DL. Um, but you knew you had in Chris Sale. And I think David Price has been a really big key to their success so far. The Yankees also making a charge as of late. Gary Sanchez has awoken from his slumber. And 
a guy like that, I mean, you got Judge, you got Stanton, um, and you even got Didi, who I think right now you could say is the best hitter in baseball. But I'll tell you what, when Gary Sanchez just gets hot, there's all, all, arguably no other guy I'd rather watch hit than him because he just he just pounds the baseball and super fun to watch. So you look at the Yankees lineup, I think to me by far the scariest in the major leagues. You know, they're starting to emerge, like I said, from their early season doldrums, um, winning percentage up to almost 600. That said, you know, after an ALCS run last season and the addition of Stanton, you know, expectations are big in New York. I mean, I think number one is to win the AL East, and number two, I think, is to get to that World Series. Um, and I think they need to do it this year because they making the addition of Giancarlo Stanton, who one of the best power hitters in all of baseball, I think they definitely – you know, have some really big expectations, but I think they'll be able to handle them. And I think if this bullpen comes around, I mean, watching Boston and New York kind of trade punches all year is going to be a lot of fun. We go to the other side of New York, looking at the Mets. Um, you know, the Mets, I thought we're going to have kind of a comeback season this year after a 92 loss campaign in 2017. They've done that and then some this year. And that's with a, a Matt Harvey being relegated to the bullpen. Um, and talks of Steven Matz possibly being relegated to the bullpen. You look at the Mets, I mean, I think their success hinges a lot on, obviously, Syndergaard and DeGrom. And then, you know, the emergence of kind of that fifth starter, which I think he might move up the move up the ranks a little bit, Zach Wheeler. I think he's been throwing, throwing pretty well so far. But we'll see how the situation with Harvey works out. We'll see how the situation with Steven Matz works out. They've got a narrow lead in the NL East, and we look at the rest of the NL East standings, um, Philadelphia Phillies, how about that start after the Gabe Kapler fiasco in week one? Um, the guy's making a run for NL Manager of the Year. I mean, his club is on pace to improve upon their 2017 record by 42 wins. Um, I mean, I think that'll for certain give you an A rating so far this year, the Philadelphia Phillies. Um they're doing it on the mound. They're doing it at the plate. Uh, a lot of young pitching, and I think if they can really if they can really stick to it with guys like Nola, Velasquez, Nick Pavetta, and you know kind of shore up that bullpen a little bit. I mean, they, they've definitely got the bats to do it. You look at guys like Aaron Altair, Scott Kingery, Carlos Santana, Odubel Herrera, um, and Reese Hoskins. I mean, this is this is a scary team, and I think a team that you know. Do they happen to get in winning the division? I don't think so. But as a wild card team, I think the Phillies are, are definitely one to look out for. Some other news around the league: Sean Manaya, and Manaya, Manaya. I'm not sure, but pitching a no hitter against what was probably the hottest team hitting team in baseball at the time, the Boston Red Sox. Um, the A's above 500. I give give them an A so far. I don't see it happening the rest of the year, but. That was huge, um, very exciting to watch, and get, especially against such a hot team. I mean, no hitter. I think there's only been you know, around 260 in Major League history. That was super fun to watch. Sean Manaya, um, you know, I, I would say he's up and coming, but I think he's already arrived. Um, and I think he's a guy. If the A's can kind of build a little bit around guys like Manaya, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, um, they're a team that I think could make some noise in the coming future. Probably not this year, though team that's really disappointed me so far and I didn't really have high expectations but I thought with some good guys at the top of the rotation um, and Blake Snell, Jake Faria and Chris Archer, the Tampa Bay Rays 
Um, you know, they, they was very puzzling. They half committed to a teardown this past winter. Um, I thought they were going to be bad, but not this bad. You know, I thought they had a little bit of a chance, but their hitting is absolutely atrocious and their pitching has not been much better. Um, so that they're a team that's, it's kind of disappointed me so far, just not able to put it together. And I knew it was going to be tough in the AL East, but I, I thought they would have put up a better showing so far. Taking a look at the AL Central, favorite division in baseball because obviously Rube always go back and forth about the competitiveness of it. But look at right now, only one team over 500. That'd be the Cleveland Indians, which I think a lot of people would have thought that would have been the case. Um, a lot of my other contenders in that division are, are struggling right now. Tigers, um, 10 and 13. Minnesota, 2 and 8 in their last 10. Brutal, they're 8 and 12. And the Sox and the Kansas City Royals pulling up the end of the line with five wins. You know, the, the Sox, I mean, they're on, they're on the path to rebuilding. I thought they were going to play a little better this year, but... I mean, I, I think they've still got a very bright future. Guys like Lucas Giolito, who has not pitched well at all this year, I think he will find his form. And, and obviously guys like Mankata, Abreu, um, Tim Anderson, I, I think they're going to find their way. If not you know, if not by the end of this year, I think in the next couple of years, um, they're going to contend with Cleveland for this division. And Kansas City stinks. If I said they had a chance before, I'm taking it back. They've got no chance. Um, horrible. But in the meantime, that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm and amfm247.com. I'm going to be back after the break with more baseball. So strap in and get ready. What's up, what's up, everybody? We are back at the Sporting Edge, and as you know, it's just wits and wits. Talking baseball for this next segment. Um, very exciting. And his MLB debut on Wednesday night, Braves outfielder and top prospect in baseball, Ronald Acuna, got his first hit, run scored, and then on Thursday against the Reds in Cincinnati, blasted his first home run of his big league career. Um, there's a reason why this guy was not up in the first couple of weeks of the season for the Atlanta Braves. Is that because they, they wanted the extra year of control? And I think it was absolutely worth it for him. I mean, I think he he's a dynamic player that could really, I think, change the face of this Braves organization. The Braves really haven't been good um, in a pretty long time. I mean, they had that stretch of winning, what was it, 14 or 15 um, division titles in a row under Bobby Cox. And, you know, since then they've struggled. Um, they haven't really found their way on e- on either side of the ball, pitching and hitting. They've got some. They've got some young pitchers. I think Sean Newcomb, Mike Fultonevich. They've got some pieces. Haven't really been able to put it together the past couple years. But I mean, I, I think Ronald Acuna is a guy um, who could kind kind of change the face of this franchise because you look at the NL East. Um, Phillies, like I said, are another young and up and coming team. The Mets, I mean, made it to the World Series missed the playoffs. Now they look like they're a playoff contender. You never really know with them. And the Nationals, I mean, I think the window, honestly, is is closing on the Nationals. When you look at the free agency with Bryce Harper, um, Max Scherzer, I think, is, is obviously still one of the best pitchers in baseball. And so, and Steven Strasburg is very good as well. But, you know, the Nationals are a team that I've said many times before, have never been able to win the big game or the big series. And I think the window is kind of closing um, and I think this this leaves a little room for a team like the Atlanta Braves, who are 
14 and 10 so far this year playing some unbelievable baseball um gives them a shot to i think take a look at the top of this division in the future in miami um can't 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 even believe they have seven wins so far i think that's that's a credit to them but i mean they're terrible they're not going to be good for a long time looking at the nl central is it a little is it time to worry about the cubbies a little bit i'm not worried um but I think when you're looking at the big addition of you, Darvish, guy hasn't pitched well this year, um, and I haven't too I haven't watched too much Cubs baseball. But just what, I, what I'm seeing from the box scores night in and night out, they're just not really putting it together. And I know that they started last year; they were two games under 500 at the break and ended up being the best team in baseball in the second half. Not worried about the Cubs, but I mean, you got a Milwaukee Brewers team and a St. Louis Cardinals team that look like they're playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, St. Louis was a team that had dominated that division for a very long time until the Cubs kind of came along. And Milwaukee was a team who was leading the division for a lot of last year before they kind of fell apart in the second half. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, a team that you know I think everybody thought was going to be near the bottom of the league. Um, they're playing some great baseball so far at 14 and 11. And guys like Gregory Polanco making a case for an MVP run um, this is going to be a, a little bit of a dogfight, I think, in the NL Central. A lot more than people thought at the beginning of the year would not be. I would not feel comfortable saying that the Cubs are 100% going to win this division, but I, th- I think they need to pitch better. I think that's a given. Looking at the NL West, um, what's going on with the Dodgers? I, I think they're they're ending up missing Josh Turner. Excuse me, Justin Turner, a lot more than I would have thought. I mean, their offense has been absolutely terrible. Drafted Clayton Kershaw on my fantasy team and have not felt any love so far. The guy's got like a 1-9 ERA, um, has only notched one win. They just can't seem to put it together. And, you know, Arizona, Colorado, they're playing some real good baseball. And the L.A. Dodgers under 500 right now with the San Francisco Giants. San Diego bringing up the bottom of the division. Um, I think everybody knew they were going to be pretty bad. But the L.A. Dodgers, I think, need to wake up, and I'm a lot more worried about them than I am about a team like the Cubs or the Nationals because they've, they've just looked so bad. And I, I thought this was really the year. I mean, you know, the Dodgers made it to the World Series last year. They were very close. They made it to Game 7, but just don't look like the same team as they did. And maybe that changes when Justin Turner gets back. I really hope it does. But, I mean, this team is a little bit out of sorts right now, and you know, I'm not really not really sure what to make of it, but they're not playing very good baseball. Definitely need to change it up. And just a couple quick quick notes among the rest of the league. After a long layoff, Pirates infielder Jung Ho Gang has received a work visa and will return to the team. He has not played since May of 2016 because of legal problems in his native Korea. Um, Jung Ho Gang, I mean, I remember watching him play and then he just kind of disappeared. I guess this is the reason. Another quick note, Manny Machado absolutely tearing the cover off the ball the last couple of weeks. Start of the season, major slump, and then I think he had three, two or three multi-home run games. People are asking, you know, is he going to land possibly a bigger contract than Bryce Harper next offseason? I wouldn't count it out. I absolutely wouldn't count it out. I mean, being a shortstop, um, you know, he played third base basically the entire career because J.J. Hardy was there in Baltimore, but I mean, the guy so powerful and one of the best you know defensive gloves in the game if he got a bigger contract i would not be surprised um indians 
placed Andrew Miller on the 10-day disabled list with a left hamstring strain. Never good when you hear that. I mean, that guy is, I wouldn't call him the best pitcher in baseball, but probably the best high leverage situation when we're talking about how the game has kind of changed a little bit with managers using some of their better relievers in different spots besides the closer role. Um, you know, hopefully he's back in, but as you know, hamstring can be kind of a tough injury because if you don't let it rest, um, never really heals. It's kind of ugly when he went down with the strain and, you know, looked a little worse than it ended up being, but hopefully he's back soon. Um, Reds have acted Eugenio Suarez from the disabled list. And I don't know if that's going to mean much for him because they're currently five and 20. And after firing their manager after a three and 15 start, I mean, uh, things are, things are not looking so, so hot for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, twins have claimed relief pitcher David Hale off waivers from the Yankees. The city of Boston will change the name of Yawkey Way outside Fenway Park back to Jersey Street, and the Red Sox petitioned for the name change because of the former owner Tom Yawkey's unfortunate racial history. Just got to keep you updated with the news, everybody. And Orioles third baseman Tim Beckham will miss at least the next six weeks after going core muscle surgery. You don't hear that one every day. But, you know, that that's basically all that's going on in baseball right now. Like I mentioned, um, I think one of the hottest hitters in the league. If you haven't watched him, you got to check him out. Didi Gregorius kind of slipping in that spot in the lineup between Judge and Stanton. thought that was a great move by Boone um, going that righty, lefty, righty. I mean, Didi, you know, last year kind of really broke out power wise. But this year, I mean, he's been, I think, just as good, if not better than he was last year. Really exciting team to watch in New York. Also, Shohei Otani, um, you know, after those first two starts were electric, hasn't been as good um, lately, but still a great guy to watch pitch. I mean, that that splitter is, I think, a next-level pitch, and he has thrown the fastest fastball in the major leagues this year by a starting pitcher, 101 miles an hour. Um, the guy, really, really fun to watch. Obviously, still doing it at the plate as well. Um, he's kind of moved his way up the lineup. And a couple other guys I want to mention real quick. Um, Jose, excuse, Javier Baez tearing the cover off the ball. And Kyle Schwarber really stepping up for the Cubs right now as Chris Bryant, um, as of Thursday night, has not made his way back into the lineup. There we go with the ads again. I can't can't click on one article with getting these CBS ads. But, you know, I got to keep you up to date with the nudes the news <laughs> having, having a little trouble with words today but looking at Javier Baez um you know leading the league in slugging percentage and RBIs you know guy doesn't take a lot of walks um and I think he's a, he's a great guy to put in front of you know KB Anthony Rizzo Wilson Contreras I think he's a key factor for the Cubs this year I think they need to start picking it up a little bit around him but you know with him and Schwarber I think they're keeping this team afloat right now um and then I think the starting pitching needs to come back. And, you know, when you look at Kyle Schwarber, um, you know, the concerns were too many strikeouts, uh, trying to pull the ball too much. I mean, he's got power to all field, but just didn't really use the tools that well. But, you know, looks really good this year. And, you know, pulled 44.5% of the time last year. He's at 35% this season. And I think that's where you're seeing the bump in his average Um Really looks solid at the plate. Fun to watch. So, Baez, Schwarber, Didi Gregoria, Shohei Otani. If you haven't watched those guys play this year, you need to check them out. But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. That was talking baseball as much as I possibly could. And Roz will be back 
next segment with some talk about the NBA playoffs and the NFL draft. I'll see you next week, everybody, and you'll see Roz in a little bit. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up, what's up, everybody? This is Roz here at the Sporting Edge. Got to be a little quiet. This is very early here on Los, in Los Angeles on a Friday morning. Already got my basketball in. Didn't do, uh, didn't do too hot tonight but uh, or today. But, uh, you know, you always bounce back. You figure out your jump shot. It's been about two and a half weeks since I've been in the gym. They've been remodeling for me. They renamed the court after me after only being out here for two and a half months. But uh, let's jump into what we're really here for. Let's talk some sports. We got the NFL draft on Thursday night. Obviously, we didn't get our second round in since... I'm recording this very early Friday morning, but the first round, pretty interesting, and not in, in either way good or bad. I mean, the Packers made some moves I'm I'm thinking about. I'm not really upset. I'm not really excited. The Browns, I think, made some disastrously bad moves. I mean, they got a player that I really liked in Denzel Ward, but they got him at the fourth pick. I mean, it's really kind of an early jumping up the board for him type pick, as well as Baker Mayfield, who they could have gotten at the four. This kind of reminded me a lot of what the Chicago Bears did when they traded up to try to get Mitch Trubinsky, who they would have gotten at that three spot. They gave up a hell of a lot in order to bring in Trubinsky, and I think the Browns are going to kind of regret this decision down the line. Now, obviously everything I'm about to say, that's all speculation, right? We don't know what any of these players are capable of doing. We haven't seen them play in the the NFL yet, obviously, and we don't know what they're going to be able to do competing against the fastest, most athletic human beings in the world. But I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan, and you knew that. I've been saying that since the college football season was going and everything. But the one team I can guarantee you if you go back in our podcast and you look, The one team I said that he would struggle on and not be successful on was the Cleveland Browns. And it's probably easy for me to say that, but the reason I am saying that is that is really where quarterbacks go to die. And I know that he was going to try to do an excellent job with him, but he really is the Johnny Manziel complex. And I'm not so sure his off-the-field stuff mirror that of Johnny Manziel, but I just don't think that he's going to survive in that system. Yes, he's got Jarvis Landry. Yes, he's got Josh Gordon. He could have had a Saquon Barkley. Again, not sure why the Browns didn't take Saquon Barkley at the one when you could have gotten Baker Mayfield at the four. It looked like the Jets had their guy the entire time and Sam Darnold, and clearly the Giants weren't going for a quarterback, and they got their guy. I mean, if they didn't get Saquon, I think they would have gone Chubbs there, which is, again, another question at the four. Why not take Chubbs? I think Bill Belichick does it best when it comes to drafting players. It's finding the best value at that spot. And I know filling needs is super crucial. I know the Packers went and filled their needs. And unfortunately, Jared, I do have to talk about the Packers this segment because it is the NFL draft. And uh, a team that dominates the NFL is the, the Green Bay Packers. So um, they, will not be, uh, they will not be excluded from this conversation today. 
But I do want to go back. So Chubbs, who is being compared to already being better than Miles Garrett, the person the Browns drafted last year. And I understand that they don't want to maybe draft back-to-back DNs. But when you could have had the potential of having Miles Garrett and Chubbs on opposite ends, that would have been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, that defensive line would have been one of the scarier in the leagues. And look how good the defensive line is for the Texans when they bolstered it up, putting J.J. Watt on one side and Jadavion Clowney on the other. I mean, it's something to consider. I know that Ward is probably the most pro-ready cornerback coming into the league, yet he's only 5'11", and Minka Fitzpatrick definitely added a little bit more size and versatility. Ward is going to have to go up against probably some of the taller and bigger and badder wide receivers, as he might be the number one sooner rather than later there in Cleveland. So Cleveland, I think they reached a lot. That would be what I would say the Browns did in this draft. They really didn't need to take Baker with the one. I don't think he was going anywhere before their fourth pick. And they just kind of lost out on value. And that's they did it again when they took Ward. But that value did help the Denver Broncos, who, I got to tell you, that's going to be a scary front line. Denver getting up at the five. They now have Bradley Chubb on the other end of Von Miller. That's going to be another very dynamic defense, a defense that really can carry a team. And they didn't go for a quarterback like we thought they would. They did sign Case Keenum, so hopefully he performs like he did in Minnesota. We'll just kind of have to see how that all works out. But again, they carried a wheelchair-ridden, Peyton Manning to the Super Bowl. I mean, this defense can only get stronger with this selection, and I really do like this selection. I also like the pick right after with the Colts who moved back to six, weren't really pressing for anybody. They didn't need a quarterback. Arguably, they could have taken Saquon Saquon Barkley. I just almost combined it with Marlon Mack, who I was about to mention is their guy there right now. And they got Quentin Nelson, and it's about time. You know, Andrew Luck has been injured. Who knows if he's even going to be ready to start the season this coming season, but they got a guy in Quentin Nelson who is gold jacket ready, supposedly. And I think that he's the best offensive lineman, best player, had the most value coming into this draft. And I think that was the exact right pick at six. Then you got Josh Allen, who now I'm a little bit suspicious about the Buffalo Bills. There was a leak earlier, 10 hours probably before the draft, that Josh Allen had some racial slurs, some tweets that of very inappropriate nature. And it was released 10 hours before the draft when those Tweets had been deleted back in January, and some of the tweets even deleted before that point. Some sources believe that a team unnamed was the one who released that information on draft morning, hoping that it would help Josh Allen fall back. And if that's really what the decision came down to in the Browns' war room, is that, oh, wow, this just came out about Josh Allen, we got to go Baker now? I mean, that's kind of tough, especially with Baker also having a checkered pass here and there. But Josh Allen falling the Bills, not a whole lot of competition up in Buffalo. I think he'll be the first of these rookie quarterbacks to start. There's a list of quarterbacks in New Jersey or for the Jets that may start before Sam Darnold. Josh Rosen going to the Cardinals, who we'll touch on in a second. But I think Josh Allen is the most ready to hop in at the Bills and uh, get ready to go. And for the first time, and let me say for the first time, and this is a team that drafted Matt Forte. This is a team that I don't know how Mitch Trubinsky is going to be. Maybe he's going to be a good quarterback, so that could be a good, good pick. But I have never once said the Bears have made a good draft pick. And I have to refrain from saying that this year. Change it up. I think they made one of the best picks of the entire draft. I think when you think of players like Ray Lewis, you think of players like Terrell Suggs, you think of the best linebackers in the game, a Luke Keekley, obviously a different style from the guy they drafted, but just the best linebackers. They make an impact in the middle of that defense. And Roquan Smith is absolutely going to be that guy for the Bears. And the Bears are known for their defense. I mean, from years in and years out, from 1985 to their 2006 team, 
the Bears love their defense. And if they can really work Trubinsky and this offense gets grooving a little bit, they signed a lot of offensive firepower to try to help them out, this Bears team be- could become relevant again. And being a big Packer fan and everything, it's better, just like in baseball, as Xander probably said in the two segments before this, just as in baseball, it is better when the Packers and Bears are both good. It is great when that rivalry is fierce. It currently is all tied up. I'm sure that the Packers are going to sweep the Bears this year. That's just my early prediction. But And officially take the lead for the first time since 1933 in that series. So we'll see. But I think the Bears are trending upwards. I think the Bears got the exact right pick. Obviously, injury can cause issues. I don't believe Smith is going to get injured. I hope not. I think he's a talent that I really do want to see on the opposite end. I don't want to see him hurt Aaron Rodgers. But it'll be fun to see that talent on the other side of the field. After Rokon Smith, we got kind of a guy, Mike McGlinchkey, the other Notre Dame offensive lineman. Not really expected to see his name fly off that fast. I don't have a whole lot of intel on it, but good. You got a young quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. You need to have a tackle. They're talking about him potentially being the left tackle. So if the two young guys can vibe together and he can protect his quarterback in Garoppolo, this is another big, strong move for the 49ers. Now Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen hoping to be a one, a two, maybe the third pick in the draft falling all the way to 10. Arizona does trade up to, ahead of Miami, who some were saying that Miami might take a quarterback. I don't know if they're already throwing the towel in and Ryan Tannehill, but who knows. Josh Rosen not thrilled in the fact that he was taken at 10, claiming there were nine mistakes taken before him. Now, that is somewhat fair to come out of his mouth. In a time where he's been pressed for the fact that he doesn't care a lot about football, that he's a lot of other interests, all this nonsense, all this blah, 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 where I think he went wrong is he should have said there was three other mistakes taken before him. I think it's hard to lump all positions in together. I think he could have called out Darnold. He could have called out Mayfield and Allen. But to call out players like Saquon Barkley and Chubbs, it's just I don't think you're more valuable than those players. I don't know. This quarterback pool... By the way, it's the first time four quarterbacks have gone in the top ten in the common draft era. It's just not electrifying to me. I don't. I'm not looking at it like, wow, Andrew Luck is the number one overall pick, and I know Luck hasn't turned out to be as much, but he also there isn't a Carson Wentz to me in this draft either. So I don't think it's electrifying. I think Chubb and the likes of um, Saquon Barkley should have gone ahead of these guys. But who knows? Josh Rosen going to Arizona. I think that's going to be a nice mix. The only downside is his comparable NFL quarterback is Sam Bradford. Both have durability issues, so this could be a problem. You could be playing ping pong with which quarterback you are starting each week due to injury problems. We'll have to see. I mean, it'll be very, very interesting um, moving forward for the Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald, not a lot left in his career. Maybe he can help this quarterback grow a little bit, be an advisor, get some wide receiver help in Arizona through the rest of the draft, and we'll see. Maybe Josh Rosen is right. Maybe there were mistakes ahead of him, and he'll succeed in Arizona, another team that you'd like to see do well. I mean, they're a nice folk down in Arizona. Phoenix deserves a nice little team. But that's pretty much all the time we have this segment, everybody. It is just me right now. I know I feel really bad. Left Xander hanging high and dry, but I'm sure he got his baseball licks in, talking about the Royals, talking about the White Sox, his favorite division in baseball. And we'll be back after the break with... A little bit of NBA talk, but we'll probably finish up mostly with the rest of the draft. I'll finally get my Packers words and talking about Jair Alexander, what they're looking to do moving forward. And we'll talk about the likes of LeBron James and how he's the greatest player in the world and how I cannot be disputed due to Xander not being on the other line. We'll be back after the break, everybody.
What's up, what's up, everybody? We are back and better than ever. Of course, it's just me today, Roz, here in the studio. Keeping it kind of quiet. We got roommates still sleeping. It's early here in Los Angeles. I know I started with that last time, but let's wrap up a little bit more with the draft. We got Minka Fitzpatrick, who I was hoping would continue to slip to the Packers at 14, who inevitably traded their pick. Minka goes to the Dolphins. Awesome cornerback. Definitely going to help that defense. Vita Vey from Washington, a great defense tackle. Really happy he flew off the board here. I was hoping the Packers weren't going to take another D lineman. We just got Muhammad Wilkerson, so it was good. I think this is going to be nice. Vita Vey playing counterpart to Gerald McCoy. That's going to be a ferocious line down in Tampa. Obviously, they had their struggles last year. Deron Payne out of Alabama helping the Washington front. I don't really know a whole lot about what Washington's going to do this year. Obviously, Alex Smith is now in charge there. We'll see if that works out. And now the project. at new The New Orleans Saints trading up at 14 from Marcus Davenport out of UT San Antonio. He's a project, but if he comes out to be like Iggy Ansa from the Lions, this is going to be one of the best picks of the draft for the New Orleans Saints. Absolutely. I think it'll show that he was worth top 10 talent, but again, he's untested. He's raw. We'll see how that all goes. UCLA's man Colton Miller going to the Raiders who traded up to that pick or traded back for that pick. Great to help out. Um, that was very much a John Gruden pick. That's really to help Derek Carr stay safe in the pocket. They've got the weapons. They just also acquired Martavius Bryant for a third-round pick on Thursday night. So we'll see. I think this will be a fun team to watch. I think they needed the linemen, so they went and got him. Tremaine Edmonds, outside linebacker for Virginia Tech, going to the Bills, who traded up again, or traded back. I apologize. They do trade up back in the draft, I promise you. They traded back for this one, acquiring some defensive talent. Again, not the greatest team up in Buffalo, but they're working towards it. And Darwin James being stolen. He'll be here in Los Angeles for the Chargers. This is where the Packers kind of slipped up. They knew they were going to trade up, but they didn't trade up fast enough. Darwin James was on their draft board, taking one pick before them here at 18, where they traded back up with the Seattle Seahawks to acquire Jair Alexander. Now, 5'10". There's a rule in Green Bay that started with Ron Wolf in 1992. You don't draft cornerbacks under 5'11". Ron Wolf made that mistake in 1992, and we'll see if Brian Gutensberg, Gutenhurst, however you want to say it, because I'm never going to get that name right, we'll see if he made a mistake. We'll see if he reached on this kid. He's 5'10 and a half. There's lots of talks that he has the natural talent some considerably or comparable to Deion Sanders so we'll see I'd love that obviously we needed the cornerbacks we've got some veterans and Devon House and Tremont Williams to help out these young kids like Kevin Kings and now Alexander really hoping to see them make a push for Josh Jackson in the early part of the second round see if they could trade up maybe get back into the second round they only have one pick on Friday we'll see how that all turns out and the rest of the way the really big kind of inspiring move that we saw was one DJ Moore got selected before Calvin Ridley for the Panthers. We'll see if that turns out. I think Calvin Ridley is just more the stud, but you get to play with the Alabama boys now in Atlanta. you got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu. That is going to be a very dangerous offensive team once again, and Atlanta loves to score points. So Matt Ryan's got to be happy with the Calvin Ridley pick. you got the most bizarre pick in Rashad Penny going to the Seattle Seahawks when there was Geis and Chubbs and Sony Michelle left. And then you got the Patriots capitalizing on Sony Michelle, a guy that compared to Alvin Kamara. So I think this is going to be a very good pick for the Patriots. Again, another checkdown option for Tom Brady, who doesn't have to chuck the ball 50 yards down the field. I really kind of liked Sony Michelle, hoping he would fall in the second round a little bit. But you never know. Nick Chubbs could be in green and gold at some point. And then Baltimore Ravens trading back in to the draft, or back into the first round to pick up Lamar Jackson, maybe the predecessor to Joe Flacco, who I don't even know where he's at in his career, to be honest. I mean, obviously, he's been around a little bit. He won a Super Bowl. 
He's not elite. We know all this stuff about him. But Lamar Jackson has that bizarre talent that could either pop off or he could just be a nothing. He did get the comparison to Michael Vick. And if you can even get four years of Michael Vick in Baltimore, I'm sure they'd be happy with this election. Joe Flacco, though, has been named the starter for the coming season. So Lamar Jackson is going to have to wait. And like I said, I think Josh Allen really is going to be the first of these quarterbacks to start. That's all I got for the NFL draft since we covered the first round. Let me do a little NBA for you. So I've been completely wrong. After every show we do, things flip the tide. So I was on the board that the Wizards were going to beat the Raptors, and then I was on the board that they were going to get swept by the Raptors. Well, that's not so much the case. That was made into a series. Same with the Celtics, who I thought were just going to upend a very coachless Milwaukee Bucks team. Now we're going to Game 7. And then I was talking about LeBron winning in five. Well, we're going to game six. So the Eastern Conference is definitely fluctuating a lot more than expected. I thought the Trailblazers would get back into this series and potentially win it. Anthony Davis just shoved the basketball down my throat. He looks dominant. He looks as good as can be. And that's a scary matchup if there's no Steph Curry. I mean, trust me, I'm totally on the Warriors bandwagon. There's no way they lose to this Pelicans team. But it'll be interesting to see games one and game two, how they're able to match up with the likes of Anthony Davis. I also am very interested in this Rocket series coming up. They're going to be playing against, wow, I'm spacing on the name right now, but the Rockets will be playing the Jazz, most likely, who are up 3-2 3-2 in the series. They just look significantly better, and it is time for Carmelo to retire. The only thing Carmelo should do, and this is, I'll quote it from Barstool Sports, part of my take, is he should retire and play only in the Olympics, where he has seen his only bit of success. He has won more gold medals than any other basketball player in the United States. That's where he should reign. That is his domain. But he looks awful. He's shooting up shots. He doesn't need shooting. This whole talk that blah, 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 that West, West, uh, Russell Westbrook is the problem. He really isn't. I mean, you can make the argument that maybe shouldn't be the one for a team, but he's the most dominant player on the court any given night. I think he's one of the unguardables of the NBA, and I can only say that really about Kevin Durant and LeBron James, but it's it's tough. You got two scorers in PG and Russell Westbrook in PG-13 or PG playoffs or Playoff Paul, whatever you want to call him, hasn't really shown up to be the superstar he's supposed to be. And this could have been a short tenure here in Oklahoma City. I don't think they're going to make it past the Jazz, who I was super adamant they would make it past. The Jazz just look better. This kid, Donovan Mitchell, is just absolutely a stud. Rudy Gobert looks unbelievable underneath the hoop. It's just tough to beat this Jazz team. And I think that's going to play a huge factor in this next series against the Rockets. I really think the Rockets, who... Yes, they won in five. They beat. They gave up one game to the Timberwolves. Harden looked decent. I mean, Harden had games off, though. It is the playoffs. Harden has struggled in the playoffs. I think that struggle is really going to show against the Jazz. And I can see a Jazz Warriors uh, Western Conference Finals. You know, I just don't have all the love everybody else has in this Rockets team. You got a Chris Paul who is similar in some sense to Carmelo Anthony. He has one more playoff series than Carmelo Anthony, but he doesn't really get to that next step. I don't know if he's going to be able to carry James Harden or James Harden's going to be able to carry him and Capella and the rest of this squad past this Jazz team and definitely not past this Warriors team. So the West is going to start shaping up a little bit. I think it'll be interesting to see the Rockets go down and see what sportscasters have to say about that after everyone got so high and mighty on them. And then I need everybody to jump back in on the Warriors. I mean, I'm not a Warriors fan, but it's just inevitable. You look at that team and it's just an unbelievably unstoppable force. And they're doing it without Curry. And they don't even need Curry. I'm sure they'd win this title easy without Curry. 
and just having Kevin Durant. But let's flip it back to the East, where everyone's so worried about LeBron James and what's going to happen there. He looks fine. He's an absolute stud. He will put this team on his back, unlike any other player in the NBA can do. He will carry them to the finish line, only to fall short to the Warriors, but he will carry them to that finish line. The Raptors are playing the same amount of games as he's going to play. There's going to be no rest advantage there. The Sixers look great. I think the Sixers quickly got their job done. They're going to be moving on to the next round to play either the Celtics or the Bucks. I think most likely it's going to be the Celtics. It's tough to go in the Boston Garden and really take down that Celtics team, even with all the ailments they have. I don't think the Bucks are going to be able to pull this out. I think the Sixers then do the same similar fashion, a sweep or even a five-game series and beat the Celtics. And then we get that matchup. We get the old versus the new. We get the LeBron James versus predecessor in Ben Simmons, who I'm happy to call his predecessor after being absolutely ruthless towards him at the beginning of the season. I'm all in on this series. I think it's the passing of his torch almost in terms of time for that, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think LeBron takes them in seven games. I think it'll be a really fun series. I think LeBron squares up, hits one of those game winners like he did in game five, and he's going to beat Ben Simmons on his way to the NBA Finals, where unfortunately he will fall to the Golden State Warriors. That is NBA talk here on the Sporting Edge. That is the Sporting Edge this week. Thank you all for listening. Follow us on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to find us. We'll be back next week. Me and Xander in the studio. Thank you all very much. Have a good weekend, everybody. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.